Hey, this is Charlie Jensen. Just wanted to drop a quick message on our last episode of the season and thank you for listening and being part of the right process. I hope our episodes this season have brought you inspiration, information, and have fueled your creativity to work on your own projects. This last episode is a bonus episode where we explore how writers can work in the TV industry in slightly different ways. Hi, my name is Zimron Jacob, and I worked as a showrunner's assistant on the Marvel Netflix show, The Punisher. Zimron Jacob is originally from the San Francisco Bay Area and went to UCLA and Chapman University to learn about film and business. He started a successful software company but left it in 2011 when he realized writing was his passion. He has worked as a life coach, financial advisor, and in film and TV production. In 2017, he worked as the showrunner's assistant on Netflix's series, The Punisher. The Punisher follows former Marine Frank Castle, who, after exacting revenge on the people responsible for the deaths of his wife and children, uncovers a conspiracy that runs deeper than New York's criminal underworld. Now known as The Punisher, he must dig deep into the conspiracy to discover the truth about injustices that affect more than just him and his family. Assisting the vigilante in his quest to fight criminals are best friend Billy Russo, who runs private military corporation Anvil, and former NSA analyst Micro, who shares common enemies with Castle and helps him as part of a so-called marriage of convenience. The way I got started on The Punisher was that I was working at Gaumont, which is an international television company, and I was working in the finance department. I made my intentions clear that I wanted to be in the writer's room and that I wanted to be a writer. So I met with everybody in the company and I asked them what the best way to get into the writer's room was. And a lot of people were very supportive and were helpful. When they announced that the show was opening, I asked my colleague at Gaumont if she would be comfortable referring me to The Punisher. It just so happened that he had a showrunner's assistant position open and I interviewed for it the next week and I got the job the next day. I have to admit, when I took this job, I didn't really know everything that it entailed, but what I did was I learned my best on the fly. After I saw how the process worked, I was even more motivated to try to run my own show, to create my own vision. And by seeing the passion that my teammates had and by seeing the dedication to their vision and to their craft, I realized that I wasn't going to let any obstacles get in the way of me achieving my vision and achieving my ultimate goal, which is to be a showrunner uh, and a TV writer. Also, I got to see how the process works and that writing a show is not just about the scripts, but it's also about production, because a lot of the stuff that one writes might not necessarily be represented in the final product, and that to oversee production is to really tell the story. Otherwise, it's just words on a page. The writer's room is divided into a number of segments. At the top is the showrunner, executive producer. Below them are the quote-unquote upper-level writers, co-EPs. And underneath there are the mid-level writers, producer-level writers, supervising producer-level writers. And then the lower-level writers are the staff writers, story editors. And then below that is the support staff. The support staff makes sure that everybody on the team is fully serviced and that the writer's assistant takes notes for the writers and then gives them the notes to go write the episodes. The showrunner's assistant is the right hand to the showrunner and takes care of everything that he needs. And then there's the script coordinator that edits the scripts and 
proofreads the scripts and then submits them for, for clearance, legal clearance, and the writer's PA that kind of takes care of a lot of office duties, gets the lunches, does a lot of different tasks. This was my first showrunner's assistant position. And a lot of the work that I did was scheduling, administrative, operational, and research. And the research is what contributed to the stories. So the administrative stuff would be managing calendars, managing phones. And the research was delving into the elements of the story and trying to figure out all the different ways that the story could be told and then proposing a, a number of storylines. One of my contributions was that my boss had asked me to do research on two different subjects. One, he wanted to find out how bug technology works and all the different ways that one can bug somebody else. And how does one track a bug back to the owner of the bug? I did a lot of research into the subject, and I also had a number of discussions with technical advisors. And so in episode seven, they are tracking a bug by geolocation. Once Madani's character in Homeland Security is aware that there is a bug, she's able to set a trap for whoever's listening by disinforming the listener. And so episode eight is the result of that disinformation. We had a CIA consultant, we had a computer hacking consultant, and I had a good friend in informational technology. And I would always make sure that my research supported what they were telling me the major challenges when doing this technical research is specialization. For example, I didn't know very much about computer technology when the task was given to me, but the upside was that I was able to contribute creatively to a project that I might not have otherwise contributed to. The way I disseminated this information was I would spend one or two days at my computer, and then once I had a number of different answers, I would always want to find a number of different options for how we can do it. So once I had four or five different options, I would explain the technology and then write down a storyline based on that technology and try to differentiate it from the other storylines I'd created. Once I had that full document of the explanation of technology and the storylines, I would usually take it to a few of the lower-level writers or mid-level writers and try to get their input on that document before I disseminated it to everybody. And then everybody would have their input on which idea was best and which storyline we should choose from that list. Sometimes the writers would come to me for clarification on the research that I had done. At those moments, I would definitely have more input on whatever research I had done previously. And other times in the writer's room, people would know that I had done the research, so if they needed something technical or if they needed any help with anything that had come up, they would usually ask me. Other contributions I made were to the style of the show. So, for example, The Punisher is a very weapons-heavy show, and a lot of the research that I did affected the, the choice of guns that we would use. The writer's room environment was extremely relaxed and very friendly. It wasn't extremely fast, and a lot of our writers had worked in network, and the pace was a little bit slower than they were accustomed to, so they were able to turn out quality scripts in a very fast manner. My understanding of streaming shows is that they usually have more time to develop and rewrite before they go into production. In network, it's extremely quick pace that you have to deal with. My boss wanted to create an environment in which people felt comfortable saying whatever they wanted to, and that nobody felt like their idea wasn't important. The way that he did that was he would tell a lot of jokes. 
everybody felt kind of like a family. We would hang out after hours and play chess and play darts and do a lot of stuff that brought us together as a as a group of individuals. The Punisher is one of the more complex characters that I've ever had the pleasure of working on. First time I was exposed to the Punisher was in Daredevil season two, episode one, where he shoots up a hospital of people. That act was so graphic and so violent that I was immediately interested in the character. But then by season two, episode four of Daredevil, he's crying and telling the story of how he came home and he had a family and he was so happy to see his daughter, and he's telling all of this as he's about to get arrested. And the ability to balance the violence and the humanity is what I think is extremely intriguing about The Punisher. In some comics and some iterations, he is solely violent and solely uh, vengeful. We wanted to make him more human. And I think that a lot of, a lot of my friends who were veterans and a lot of people that recognized what we were trying to do thanked me after the fact and said, you know, thank you so much for showing how it is, how hard it is to reintegrate into society. And I think that struck a nerve with them. Punisher usually is a villain or at least an anti-hero in the Marvel. But when we wanted to create this character, we wanted to find the humanity, the relatability of his character. When people watch television, they're watching for emotions. So the emotions of a show determine what genre you're watching. So if you're laughing all the time, you're watching a comedy. If you're scared all the time, you're watching a horror or a thriller. And for our show, we wanted to evoke a lot of empathy because we were writing a drama or an action drama. Another thing that made it interesting is that I always, I'm always intrigued by this idea of writing from the point of view of the villain. So... When I was growing up, it was always these Disney movies, Lion King, and my mom used to hate these movies because she's like, oh, these, these villains are only one note and they're all just evil and Lion King, it's like your uncle is going to kill your father. It, all of these messages that you're sending to kids that she just didn't like. So I, I definitely internalized that and I realized I love, I'm so intrigued by the idea of telling a story from the villain's perspective. So Daredevil did that really well with Wilson Fisk, and then they also did that with The Punisher. And the idea that we're starting to empathize with the people that we consider villains it is playing out really well in all cinema. Uh, for example, Black Panther with Killmonger or Infinity War with Thanos. These are extremely violent characters, but also very empathetic that speaks to the evolution of cinema, because in the 2000s, we had kind of nihilistic villains like uh, Frank Costello and the Joker, and now we're graduating towards a more empathetic villain. If somebody wants to be a TV writer, there's ultimately three ways that one can do that. The first is that they have an agent that works hard for them, agent or a manager that works hard for them, and sells them to a showrunner during staffing season or whenever that showrunner is looking for a writing staff. And that can be great, but you still have to find an agent who ultimately puts you in touch with that showrunner, agent or manager. The second is that you know a showrunner, you know a TV writer that can put you in touch with a showrunner that's currently hiring, and then that showrunner can hire you. But the third way is that you're an assistant 
to somebody on the writing staff. You're either a writer's assistant or a showrunner's assistant or a writer's PA or a script coordinator. And that's one of the ways that you can get a job and also make a lot of connections within the writer's room and at the studio level. Support staff can be so valuable just to get experience and understand the hierarchy of the way that the writer's room works. It's also a way to get experience with very little risk. A lot of staff writers either get fired or don't get asked back to shows because they don't understand the politics or the hierarchy of the way that the writer's room works. And so to see that at a relatively low risk position was invaluable to me. And the other thing that is important to know is that a lot of hiring comes from within the writer's room. So there's a lot of people that say, oh, I don't want to be, I don't want to go through that path. I don't want to be a PA and then a showrunner's assistant and then a writer's assistant or, you know, I don't want to be a script coordinator. But a lot of the hiring happens within that room and happens because the showrunner's assistant feels some sort of loyalty to one of their assistants or that the assistants have put in enough time and usually goes to the showrunner's assistant or the uh, writer's assistant and, and sometimes the, the script coordinator. So I think in the changing economy as people start to take take on different types of jobs, there used to be this, you know, this idea of what do you want to be when you grow up? And now it's what five things do you want to do when you grow up? Because you're going to drive a truck and then you're going to uh, do SEO marketing and then you're going to, there's a number of different things you can do. So a lot of the common wisdom is that, oh, if you could do anything else, be, you know, don't, you know, do it besides being a writer. But also writing gives you joy. So do that for the sake of writing. Don't worry about the job immediately. Write because you enjoy writing. And also, a, while I give that advice, a writer is like an athlete because you only have, think about all the writers that have been in Hollywood and what writers have written in the 70s that are writing today. And the only one that comes to mind is Robert Town. So you have a certain lifespan and the amount of work and the amount of dedication and the learning of the po- the hierarchy and the politics and the landscape of Hollywood is going to determine how long you stay there. There's a saying that says, it's not what you know, it's who you know. But who you know determines how far you get and the opportunities that you get. But what you know determines how long you can sustain that type of success. As far as advice to anybody who wants to be in TV, I would suggest that those individuals, they can find a support staff job if they can find an agent that will submit them, if they can find a showrunner that will hire them or a TV writer that will support them. There is no one particular path. You'll ultimately have to run on your own energy for years without seeing very much success unless your dad is J.J. Abrams. <laughs> ultimately, ultimately, like as, you know, as ho- hokey and as cheesy as it sounds, don't give up and never actually never give up. The only way that you can fail anything is if you quit. If you keep going with something, then you're inevitably guaranteed to succeed. And also know why you're doing what you're doing. If you want to make a lot of money, there's a number of industries that you can make a lot of money in. But if you have a vision and you have a story to tell and you have a voice, a unique voice, and I know a lot of people say that a voice meaning something to say, something that hasn't been said already or something that needs to be said in a new way, Knowing why you do what you do will keep you going in those hard times. And I think that for myself as a writer, the way that I 
try to keep myself motivated and my ideas that there's a lot of stories from the third world and a lot of stories about the way that people outside of America live that I still want to tell and a, a lot of stories that Im about immigrants that I want to tell that haven't been told yet. Inclu I think inclusion and diversity are probably my underlying motivating factors. But for a young writer, they just have to find what that is for themselves and find something that you that's unique for themselves and then and then run with it and hopefully somebody gives you a career off of it. The Right Process is hosted and curated by me, Charlie Jensen, and recorded at the UCLA Extension Studios. This season was produced by Jamie Moss. Audio support was provided by Andre Nikolaev. The Writers Program offers courses, certificates, and services that help writers achieve their writing goals one page at a time. For more information, visit writers.uclaextension.edu.